Another fam like a ghost, and we're talking about some of the latest tracks we came up with. <clears throat> we are big purveyors of Dallas recording. So on the weekend, we did an Instagram live uh, show using our iPhone XS Max on a boom and using the Go Mixer from Roland to capture it directly, a signal coming from our R24 Zoom and our MX1 Performance Mixer and all of our hardware sense. We actually focused the camera on our Moog grandmother, and it was primarily a Moog grandmother DFAM Mother 32 performance that we call Babe Bathe in Blue Light, and the Babe is the grandmother from Moog. And initially, didn't have any lyrics, and then we kind of scattered this idea of the Babe Bathe in Blue Light, which is an ode to the grandmother synthesizer. So that is a long 20-minute um you know, exercise of improvisation on analog synth playing with all the capabilities of, of a grandmother in real time. So the one cool thing about playing with an analog synth like the grandmother is the ability to play all the surface controls live and get all kinds of interesting performances. We like to use um, the pitch control over the oscillators, which causes a lot of distortion. Um, so that that's pretty pretty cool when you can do that. And then also playing with the reverb and play with the modulation wheel and the pitch wheel, bender wheel, and all the other modulation capabilities, like using the cutoff um, on the high low pass filter. We also had it rotated into the high pass filter through controlled voltage. Like I said, the DFAM provided the, the, the rhythm, and we were playing with the DFAM being affected, uh, taking the LFO out of the Mother 32 and bringing it into the DFAM to alter the beat. In addition, we doing some interesting things with um, with our um, other synths, like our Roland and JDXI. And we get into the song Symbiotic Parasite Coast, which is actually using the Roland VT4 vocal transformer for Josephine Electric's voice. And it's mastered using the new SoundCloud mastering tool with the Dolby capability, which is pretty interesting. You can actually master um, for only $3.99 a track if you're a pro member. Um, so then SoundCloud gives you kind of one stop. You can you can master, you can promote on repost, you can actually distribute to, to all the streaming services like iTunes and Spotify and Tidal. And then you have overall control of your your actual promotion. You can get onto playlists. You can you can do additional things. You can create um, pre-saves and web pages that have the click links for your whole project. So it's a pretty cool um, endeavor that they're doing now. It's a full service thing that we take advantage of. Now, the song Symbiotic Parasitic Host is this idea of Josephine Electric, which we had on her channel talk about the song. Originally, it was called Girl Ghost, and then this version has an additional multi-track of a Mo grandmother uh, doing very atmospheric, uh, heavy uh, synthesis. It's kind of very raw uh, power, kind of nine inch nails, Trent Reznor inspired from the mini Moog. And the grandmother has the ability to do a lot of mini Moog type of things um, in terms of sound quality. And so we were very happy to kind of take advantage of that. And we like to do a lot of overdubs with our analog sense lately, we've been focusing on using the trio of the grandmother and the, the, the Mother 32 and the DFAM.
Now, we've seen there's a lot of controversy out there now talking about the Prophet 5 versus the Moog 1. I would say, like, like the, the Moog 1, it, there's really nothing that compares to it, you know, in terms of price and capability. It's three fully analog, polyphonic analog sense on top of each other. It's the the, the living embodiment of the memory Moog in and, and a, and a board that's more reliable, but it does have issues from what we've heard. Um, but it is, is, a, is, a, is a total synthesis dream in terms of analog synthesis. Um, but then the Prophet 5 has this history with the new wave movement. When I was a kid, I went to a guitar center and I saw it. I was always kind of, um, I was always kind of like hesitant about Prophet because when I saw it, I was like, well, I don't really know how to, how to, how to, you know, figure this out. I always liked the Jupiter and Jupiter like eight and the Juno 106 workflows look easier to understand. Um, and I, you know, and once the Jupiter eight came in, it had eight voices versus the Prophet five, five voices. Now I know the five voices of the Prophet five have a certain sound you can't really get anywhere else, except that you actually can get them in patches on a Prophet six. So my whole thing is, well, why wouldn't you just get a Prophet six? Cause the Prophet six has a sequencer. Prophet six has some more capability, has an additional voice. He's got an you know, oscillator to turn to LFO. Uh, he's got a lot of capabilities. The Prophet 5 doesn't, and it costs less money. So why would you do that? And then then again, it's like, why wouldn't you just get a, like a Rev 2? Why well, is it? Well, he's got DCOs. So then you get to the argument that DCOs don't sound like BCOs. And you can make that argument, but the Prophet 8 is going to give you a lot more capability. I mean, the Rev 2 is a lot cheaper. It's got more voices. It's got sequencers. got more modulation points. But I guess it really comes down to it if you're looking for that Prophet 5 sound. And if you think about the Moog 1, well, Prophet 5 is probably more accessible because even you get 10 voice Prophet 10, like 4,000 versus almost seven, 8,000 for a Moog 1. So, yeah, if you think about that. And then, then you're looking out there and say, well, you could branch out into things like the, um, the new uh, Polybrute, which is six voice like a Prophet 6, or you could think about a UDO Super 6, which is kind of hybrid analog. Um, you could get into the Korg um, Prologue, but I think people seem to prefer the Roland sound, or you can even think about getting a Matriarch because, you know, paraphonic up to five voices if you play with the LFO. So there's a lot of choices, you know, even though it seems like maybe there's limited, even within Dave Smith's own line you can say well you know you could get you know you, you could look at the private x and the private x is kind of like in the in, in the idea of of a chronos or a phantom but then when i look at all these and i look at that price point and i'm looking at what i need as a musician in my studio and i have a juno gi since 28 you know 2008 it's got a little long in the tooth but it works um so if I was going to get a polyphonic synth, I don't know if I'd focus on the analog as much as what the capabilities are in the workstation today to me, the Phantom, where it's analog filter and it's, you know, the new Zencore engine, which is a new version, has a lot more voices than System 8 analog engine, uh, faux analog engine, and it has an RD piano. And the RD piano alone is worth, you know, if, as a comp, if somebody who's a composer, having the ability to have an RD piano, then having a full 
recording studio at the board, which is a hardware synthesis. I like having a board that I can do everything from the board. I'm kind of an old school guy. I like the old Phantoms. I like the Kronos. I like those Korg M1s. Um, Cause I like to be able to record right at the board, right at the instrument and being able to have that view, have a TR recording, have the ability to play with all the filters and play with all the surface controls in real time and then have a central way to record it. Um, that's very similar to like an Ableton or a Pro Tools or, um, you know, any mainstage, you have the ability, you know, you could get a little adapter, put your laptop on top, send it right into whatever DAW you want. But I, I probably just send it right to a Zoom L20 after I did everything and recorded a 96, uh, you know, to, 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 to get it to the SD card and then send it through my SoundCloud mastery on Dolby and then send it out. <laughs> that That's probably what I would do. Um, Cause that's the workflow I've been using and I can create a lot of music. And I, I know recording injuries will, you know, approach me all the time trying to get me to pay them $300 for one track. Um, I'm, I'm kind of sorry. Cause I come from a time when I used to, you know, I listen to IRS, SST, um, some of the, some of the small record labels. And I kind of like that indie sound. I don't need the kind of modern, highly produced sound because it kind of takes away from what I'm trying to do. So I don't need to spend $300 on a recording engineer to do my work because I kind of want a little lo-fi in it. So I think the way I've been doing it now, a lot of people say, well, you know, that's a fool's errand because recording engineers are artists in themselves. It's like, well, you know, if I get to that artist level where I can afford to have yeah, Susan Rogers doing my recording, somebody at that level or something like that, you know, they're fine. I would do it, but you know, I can't really afford it in this age. So I'm going to do it myself. So again, these songs are, are, are examples of what we call expansive sound, which is the idea of doing stream of consciousness recording, uh, where you take poetry, which we started as a poem, poet <laughs> with poems, and, and then gradually turn these poems into songs. And we like the idea of just doing this kind of improvisational beat poetry and then improvisational electronic music that's inspired like by bands like Sun Ra, you know, Great American Jazz, Bebop outfit that became, you know, a um, free jazz type outfit um, in the 60s with Space is the Place. We really think you ought to dig jazz and silhouette from the 50s, late 50s. But Space is the Place is what a lot of people know them from their that documentary. But listen to jazz and silhouette and you'll hear some of the best Bebop you've ever heard. And then, and then again, the other people were inspired by Parliament Funkadelic, Bernie Worrell, uh, George Clinton. You know, like the, you know, these are the continuation of James Brown funk into the psychedelic, into the rock arena, which actually is the birth of like Minneapolis sound and the combination of taking ideas from jazz, like Sun Ra and Coltrane, ideas from. Santana and Hendrix and ideas from Funkadelic and then straight rock, you know, rock and roll, which comes from like Lead Belly, Robert Johnson, those type of ideas emerging into a modern sound. Um, that also is inspired by the German band Kraftwerk. And so what we like to do is take all these influences, even influences like Dylan and Johnny Cash in terms of lyrical content, 
and structure. And in on the punk side, bands like Who's Could Do, you know, Paul Westerberg and the Replacements, Joy Division, uh, New Order, Depeche Mode. These are our inspirations for what we like to do. We've been recently listening to the big Prince um, reissue of Science Times, which really justifies, um, you know, at a Dylan level. Um, the last time I saw a, a collection that was this big was the original Basement Tapes, which was about six hours. Uh, the Science Times comes in at eight hours. And what's great about it is, you know, I was a big bootleg collector for a long time. I had multiple versions of Dream Factory and uh, Crystal Ball, which are big efforts from that time period from 87 to 88. And it's it's really a great collection. I would say things I'm, uh, are missing, songs like Go, um, which I think maybe they would save it for a reissue of um, Parade. Um, and then some of the Love Sexy tracks, um, but they do have the ball, uh, a really good version of the ball, which is like an early version of I Know. And they've got a lot of deep tracks I've never heard before. You know, that, that that's really awesome. Like Cosmic Day, which no, at most collectors only had like a minute of Cosmic Day, which seems like it's a Camille track, but it was never indicated that it would be on Camille, which is Prince's uh, female uh, alter ego. And, you know, Camille is the big inspiration for Josephine Electric. And with the modern technology of not actually using analog tape and speeding it up or slowing it down, we use the Roland VT3 and VT4 or the vocoder technology and the JDXI to create a female voice similar to what Prince was doing with Camille, but able to do it in real time. And then really focus on the idea of Josephine not just being an androgynous representation of myself, but actually being a female character within the band, somewhat like the idea of the gorillas, of having a, a cartoon kind of based, anime-based band is what Phantom Electric Ghost is. And so we are very impressed with this collection. We also like the Please to Meet Me reissue, which has tons of outtakes. So if you're into actually collecting uh, vinyl and CD, these are two great releases to get on vinyl and CD. We have the CD version of Sign of the Times. Hope to get the replacements. Please to meet me uh, reissue, which is great. Um, we're looking forward to see what they do with the next Prince project. You know, they kind of skipped over Parade. They skipped over Around the World in a Day. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on those albums. Uh, there's a lot of outtakes from those those that period. So we're wondering what they're going to do. We would hope our dream would be to do a reissue that is Around the World Today, Parade, Love Sexy, and a Black Album with all the outtakes. And it would be another big collection like this Sign of the Times collection. We're also very interested in a project that Prince did with um, Tim Burton called Teal. It was this idea that he was going to recreate himself before he created the love symbol as this Teal concept. And supposedly in, uh, like an 18, 20-minute me uh, movie by Tim Burton with, uh, I think it's called Teal Cloud. Uh, and it was this whole stage they built to do this in Vegas, but it was rejected. And there's a full album. Um, not only that, there's supposedly a full album with Bob Mould from Who's Could Do. And there's a full album from Soul Asylum. Um, uh, 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 an album with Soul Asylum. So it showed that Prince was actually looking at working with one of my favorite punk, post-punk power punk artists, Bob Mould, and then also Soul Asylum which was a really like an alternative band, a great alternative band. So it shows the depth of where he was willing to go. 
And I would like to see projects like that. And even like the undertaker fully reissued with a good video version. And they also love sexy concerts from, from Berlin, um, from 88, which are fantastic. Um, the interesting thing is in the sign of times reissue, uh, the, the concert from Paisley park actually has, um, studio performance, um, you know, stage craft that you see in the 88 love sexy. It seems that this is the last show of the sign of times tour, but they're already doing skits, stage skits that I saw on the 88, uh, television performance from German TV which I have a videotape of, uh, waiting for that to get reissued. And also the small club performance, uh, which is a really fancy way to adjust my imagination. So I kind of de- kind of devolved into this Prince fan boy thing. But, you know, Prince is a big inspiration. If you hear my music, you probably hear it. Along with my uh, techno and new wave and punk uh, inclinations. We hope that you enjoy this. Please, as always, hit the sponsor buttons. Uh, for PayPal me. If you want to be on the program as an artist, uh, contact us on our website, which is use the secure website of uh, HTTPS uh, forward slash famlikethegoats.com. Uh, and then you can send a message to us there and book us on book on the show. We do do free audio podcast or our video podcast because the time that we have to put into them and the technology involved, we do ask um, for a uh, fee through our PayPal me or $25 for those. If you that, that offends you, then I'm sorry. We had one person, uh, two years of doing this with over 27,000 listeners. One person got offended that we asked for money. Um, I don't understand why that would be a problem. Uh, because there are people on the net right now charging way more than $25 to get on, on a podcast. And as we said, audio interviews are free, but video interviews going forward are we're going to charge a fee. Um, and, and we have a new program where we're on a different channel for, for different types of artists like foodies and people who are pitching things. And those people who aren't musicians, uh, we are charging a fee for that as an experiment to see, to broaden our base of, of interviews. So I think all artists have a right to make income if that offends you as an artist saying, oh, I don't think you should make money. It's like, well, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you shouldn't sell a t-shirt or ask for money on Patreon. So, you know, we were somewhat offended by that person and we can tell them to kind of go, uh, go with stick it with the sun don't shine tea. Um, so thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you later.
to do Just a better
Dun, 